Chapter 2 of The Love of Jesus to Penitence by Henry Edward Manning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 2 The Sacrament of Penance, a Means of Self Knowledge. I have hitherto shown that the Sacrament of Penance is the special manifestation of the compassion of Jesus as the church is the manifestation of his truth to every age so penance is the manifestation of his tenderness st cyprian calls the church sacramentum unitatis et veritatis the sacrament of unity and truth because by the supernatural unity of the church the truth is incorporated perpetuated and promulgated to the world so st optatus says the heretics have not the keys which peter alone received and st augustine unity binds unity looses that is in the unity of the church alone the power of loosing from sin is found because the sacrament of penance is the only revealed channel of the pardon of jesus christ to those who fall from baptismal grace our lord in warning the church of laodicea said because thou sayest i am rich and made wealthy and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked they were lukewarm and therefore they were self-deceived and because they were self-deceived they were self-trusting they believed themselves to be possessed of light and faith and grace and knowledge of themselves and they knew not their poverty and blindness our lord invites and warns them to come to him for gold and white raiment and eye salve that is for sanctifying grace and justification and knowledge of themselves and this he bestows upon those who are fallen from their baptismal innocence in the sacrament of penance my present purpose then is to show how the sacrament of penance is the means of self-knowledge number one and first because it requires and sustains the habit of self-examination once a year at least every soul must examine its state before god under pain of sin frequent confession requires frequent self-examination daily self-examination is the daily preparation for confession which is the fruit and result of daily self-examination in this way we are bound by a strong and constraining obligation to a duty which is necessary to salvation but both unpleasant and difficult it is absolutely necessary by the necessity of a means without which there can be no salvation for without repentance salvation is impossible and without self-knowledge repentance is impossible there can be no sorrow or detestation of sins which we know not nor of acts which we do not know to be sins and yet this is an ignorance which will not excuse us it is vincible and therefore culpable again if we forget our sins god does not forget them the sins of childhood and youth and of long years past we may remember no more 
but they are written in the book of God's remembrance. All our whole life, so tangled and confused, illegible and dark to our eyes, is all clear and distinct to his. It is a dangerous thing to forget our past. We cannot cast it off except by penance. Though we forget it, we can never escape from its presence. It follows as a shadow, noiseless but inseparable. Some men's sins are manifest, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. There is but one way to be loosed from them, and that by the power of the keys. To this confession is necessary, and confession without self-knowledge is impossible. But self-examination is not only a vital necessity, it is also a painful and displeasing task. There are two things which we shrink from seeing as they are, God and ourselves. The sanctity of God overwhelms and terrifies us. The sight of our own sins and miseries galls and humbles us. We have not the courage or the will to look steadily on either of these things. If we catch a momentary sight of them, we turn away and try to lose ourselves in the distractions of other thoughts. As St. James says, If a man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he shall be compared to a man beholding his own countenance in a glass for he beheld himself and went his way, and presently forgot what manner of man he was. It wounds our self-love to see our faults, the sins of commission, the breaches of the Ten Commandments, the sins of omission, the neglects, the ingratitude, the meanness of which we have been guilty. It requires a great sincerity and no little humility to look thoroughly and patiently into ourselves and to learn the worst of our hearts. It disturbs our peace and breaks our self-complacency. For this reason, multitudes make their self-examination hastily, timidly, and superficially. But not only is self-examination displeasing, it is also very difficult. For next after God, nothing is more inscrutable than the heart which is made in his own likeness it is a mystery to itself it conceals itself from our sight and its motions become unconscious like the circulation of the blood it is within us and it is therefore invisible it is insensible because it is habitual it is a perpetual motion so rapid that it seems like rest the thoughts of the intelligence are as countless as the stars of the firmament. The emotions of the heart are as multitudinous as the waves of the sea. The volitions of the will are as inconstant and as continual as the changes and shifts of the wind. The heart is perverse above all things. It is a deceiver, a flatterer, a dreamer, and a companion of the tempter. The heart is a deceiver because it is ever-changing. It puts on a new color with its outward circumstances, with its inward trials, with the society in which it may be. 
it interweaves its motives and misnames its actions the fiery persuade themselves that they are zealous the censorious that they are zealous for truth and justice the slothful and lax that they are benign it foreshortens its ends so that the ambitious believe themselves to be disinterested and the worldly to be single-eyed till they know not for what end they are acting and while they believe themselves to have only one aim in sight they have another below the horizon but more than this the heart is a flatterer it exaggerates all that it has of good such as its prayers crosses alms devotions graces much more its intentions it excuses all evil it throws the blame of its faults upon temptations upon persons upon circumstances upon everything but upon itself it gilds even its sins by soft names and high professions of good intentions and services rendered to god the heart is also a dreamer for it paints itself by the imagination and pictures itself to itself as a penitent in sackcloth or a saint in ecstasies it reads the lives of saints and dreams itself in their place it melts also into tears and is moved to passionate emotions before a crucifix or the blessed sacrament like as others shed tears over a tale of imaginary wrongs or of majestic beauty it puts impulses for volitions desires for intentions and intentions for deeds and last of all it is the familiar and playfellow of the tempter it listens to him and parleys with him as Achan in jericho it courts him as balaam and it houses him as judas did of such is the heart capable and every heart has the whole capacity of all this self-deceit we have need of a firm eye and an unsparing hand to search it out and unless we be sustained and even bound to this painful task few have severity enough with themselves to do it as they ought it is the sacrament of penance then which binds us to this duty and the oftener we come to it the oftener we are compelled to search out the secret workings of our hearts and to know them with a true knowledge number two again it places us in the light of the cross the reason why we all see our sinfulness so little is because we so little appreciate the sanctity of god our lives seen in the light of the world or of our own self-love or of our flattering friends are very different from the same life seen in the light of the presence of god thomas a kempis says what looks bright in the eyes of the doer looks base in the sight of the judge when isaiah saw the lord upon his throne his first consciousness was that he was a man of unclean lips daniel fell at the feet of the angel of the lord and his beauty was turned into corruption st john when in vision he saw the lord on whose bosom he had lain fell at his feet as dead 
it was the light of the divine presence which revealed the sin and the infirmity of even such saints as these such in its measure is the effect of the sacrament of penance upon us we kneel under the light of the ever-blessed trinity and of the incarnate word and of his holy passion and of the divine soul of jesus which in its agony expiated our imperfect contrition and of the sacred heart which gives out its illumination by the wound in the side of jesus all these lights come down upon us as we kneel in the confessional and in them we see not only ourselves our past life our present character but the law of god which we have broken its letter and its spirit what it forbids what it enjoins upon our obedience our fidelity and our generosity and by this clearer knowledge of the rule we can detect our deviations from its rectitude we never see ourselves more clearly than when we kneel under the crucifix in the sacrament of penance and the oftener we kneel there the clearer grows the light of the knowledge of self in the presence of god and at the feet of jesus christ number three and further one great hindrance to self-knowledge is the spirit of self-defense the pharisee who stood and prayed by himself thanking god that he was not as other men are is the type of those who turn from the confessional the publican is the type of the penitent upon his knees for what is the sacrament of penance but the sacrament of self-accusation we are all tempted to excuse ourselves when the eyes and ears of the world are open upon us we are all full of apologies or denials it needs the heroic humility of a saint to suffer and be silent like saint vincent de paul who when falsely accused in the antechamber of the king of france went down on his knees and took the shame without a word but in the confessional we can make no excuses we know that all is known to him who sits there unseen for the word of god is living and effectual and more piercing than any two-edged sword and reaching into the division of the soul and the spirit of the joints also and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart neither is there any creature invisible in his sight but all things are naked and open to his eyes to whom our speech is we know that we can suppress nothing that he saw all and heard all and knows all before we speak and that he puts our truth on trial in requiring us to tell out our whole tale against ourselves we cannot give a turn even to an expression or pass over a single point for he knows all things not a jot or a tittle may be changed for the divine scrutiny searches the heart at the time of the confession as well as at the time of the sin number four and besides this the sacrament of penance gives us the guidance of another 
we know well that no man can trust himself to be judge in his own case with all our profession of sincerity we are warped when we are judging of ourselves we are unconscious of our words and acts we note instantly in another the very things of which we are not aware in ourselves nay we detect the least impetuosity in others and fail to see the most headstrong passion in ourselves as our divine lord has said we can see the mote in our brother's eye and cannot perceive the beam which is in our own and therefore he has ordained the sacrament of penance in which go when we may we find at least one man in the world who is a true friend to us at least one friend who will not flatter us and more the priest in the confessional is not only an impartial judge but also a practiced one like a physician who by long use knows all the symptoms of disease who can tell its premonitory signs the manifestations of its presence and the effects which it leaves behind it so is the priest who is divinely ordained to sit and judge between leprosy and leprosy and to discern whether it be only rising or in full power or departing a physician will often discover disease where no one suspects it and by signs which to others are unperceived not only the beat of the pulse and the color of the skin but its texture the light of the eyes the harshness of the hair and other such tokens give evidence of the presence of disease in like manner in the confessional long habit of dealing with the pathology of souls enables a confessor at once to discover symptoms which the penitent does not know or even imagine but further he is not only practiced and his perceptions quickened by experience and use but he is also enlightened to discover even that which the penitent may not say or know there is a special light vouchsafed to those who guide souls they are moved often to say more than they are aware of and to waken up whole periods of memory and trains of thought which the penitent has either forgotten or failed to perceive sometimes a question suggests a new and truer estimate of actions which have been altogether misunderstood sometimes it seems like an intuition or a gift of supernatural insight as indeed it is sometimes perhaps consciously often unconsciously like men that work in mines before they are aware they strike through into open day and find themselves all of a sudden in the light of the sun the holy spirit makes use of the confessor to illuminate the penitent either by enlightening him directly or by using him to reflect a light which he hardly sees himself in these ways then they who frequent the sacrament of penance are ever advancing in a truer knowledge of themselves number five and lastly there is another light vouchsafed to them directly an illumination which falls inwardly upon the conscience from the increase of spiritual grace 
for as every sacrament conveys an increase of grace and every grace brings light so every time we worthily receive the sacrament of penance we receive a greater inward light self-examination prepares for the sacrament and the sacrament elevates it to a supernatural knowledge of self at the beginning we see ourselves but dimly and can discern little with truth we see men as it were trees walking but in a little while all become self-evident as the light of day it was by this internal light that saints have called themselves the chief of sinners that saint Clare wondered that her sisters did not shun her as one stricken with the plague saint vincent ferrer used to say that he daily grew worse and worse it was this that made saint francis borgia construct what he called the ladder of confusion that is he first placed himself before the holy trinity and was overwhelmed by the contrast of the uncreated sanctity with our created infirmity next he placed himself in the light of the sacred humanity and confounded himself at the sight of his own nature so shattered and defaced then in the presence of the immaculate mother of god a mere creature though god's mother and humbled himself for the soils and stains of both original and actual sin then before the holy angels and condemned his own tardy and lingering obedience by the energy and fervor of their ministries then of the saints and by their perseverance he measured his own inconstancy then of the servants of god on earth of whom he professed himself to be the least then of the souls in purgatory of whom the least humble is more profoundly humble than any saint on earth then of the souls that are lost confessing that if they had received his grace they would have been holier and more penitent than himself such was his practice for some two hours a day during which he examined himself by the ten commandments and after each made acts of contrition for his many and grievous transgressions such was the self-examination of a saint he had no difficulty in finding matter of humiliation though he had so little we find it a hard task though we have sinned so much and why it is because our internal perceptions of god and of his kingdom are faint and dim the knowledge of god and of ourselves comes and goes and varies altogether saint francis who on mount alvernia received from the flaming seraph on the cross the five piercing rays which imprinted on him the stigmata of jesus spent the whole of a lonely night under the alternate illumination of this knowledge of god and of himself pouring out his soul in repeating o oh my god how great art thou how little am i from whence then did all these great saints receive this profound light of self-knowledge but from the life of penance of which this sacrament is the source and perfection 
from all that has been said two plain practical truths are evident first that we may never think that we know all we might of ourselves in the heart there are so many windings and doubles so many masks and disguises so many false lights so much paint upon the face and so many artificial expressions of countenance that it is certain we deceive ourselves as well as others they who know themselves best are only least deceived this we may understand by thinking how different our past life looks now at the time we thought it all fair just as we think our present life we suspected nothing wrong in things which now seem manifestly wrong we were as confident of our motives and intentions then as we are now but a few years have thrown a new light upon it all a few years hence and we shall see our present as now we see our past how different all will look upon a deathbed then a new and true light will reveal a multitude of secrets and show much that we never believed possible how different all will appear when we look back upon our earthly life from the world beyond the grave in the hour of the particular judgment and at the moment of entering purgatory and at the general judgment of the last day then all masks shall be taken off from all faces and we shall know as we are known and see as we are seen then many who have seemed to know each other parents children friends pastors penitents shall know each other for the first time and wonder at the vain show in which they lived and died we must therefore be always pressing onward in the knowledge of self with much mistrust and with a sincere desire to know the worst of ourselves and next we may learn never to fear when we see the worst of ourselves to see more sins is no sign of committing more but of greater knowledge of self and if we have more knowledge then more light and if more light then more of the presence of the holy ghost for when he comes into the heart he casts a broad light upon it but conceals himself we see ourselves not him and he reveals to us not the things which are pleasant to us but those that are displeasing to himself not our graces or prayers or good dispositions but our sins and omissions our inward faults our unstable wills our unloving hearts he reveals to us that we are poor and miserable outcast blind and naked that we may buy of him gold tried in the fire and white raiment and eye salve to open our eyes that we may see ourselves as we appear now in his sight and in the light of his eternal throne end of chapter two